Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of From Us With Love, your favorite podcast out there right now. It's your girl, Shalane. And your girl, Deshaya. All right, so last week's episode was pretty popular, and that was Relationship Matters, and we're going to call that part one because we're going to hit y'all with a part two because we got some interesting comments about some of the memes and some of the stories we talked about and some of the scenarios we talked about. So we want to hit y'all with a little follow-up to some of those things. And we also want to talk a little bit today about relationships in general and what our expectations are and whether or not we feel our expectations are too much, too little, just right. Or if we'll ever find a man that will meet our expectations. But what we also want to tell y'all about is both of us are very comfortable in being single. We want to talk to y'all about why that is so. And encourage those of you that are out there that are still single that it is okay. Your time is coming. So should you choose for that to come and happen? And we just want to get that little encouragement to you throughout this episode. So we're going to jump right in. The first meme that we got super ridiculous feedback about was the proposal. And that was the meme in which we talked about whether or not we as women would ever propose to a man. Both of us were on the same page in the sense that we were like, "Mm, not happening, not happening at all. And from the feedback that I got, everybody was saying pretty much the same thing, especially women. One of my friends actually commented when I posted a picture related to that on Instagram and said that she would rather count all the sand on the beach than get down on her knee and propose to a man. And I I was like, that is an interesting way of expressing the fact that that is something that you will never ever do and i couldn't agree more same and then we had another friend of mine who was a male and you know i was curious about the male perspective of this because i have had a gentleman tell me that the only way he's gonna get married is if a woman proposes to him and my response was good luck (laughs) because I think you're going to have a difficult time finding a woman of substance that is going to do that. And so another gentleman friend of mine said on the post, he commented, I appreciate how we're in a new age and time where more gender roles are open. However, this is one that he can't really get with. He feels like the man should take the initiative in that department because it shows active planning and a desire to commit, especially since our current culture doesn't hardwire men to want to be married as much as women do. And he says, hopefully that changes. What do you think about his comment? I think that is a real man comment to say, and I wish more men would hear it and get on the same page because I think it's just about that step up, you know? And I think that that's what he talks about is like, Let's let men be men and get hardwired to do the thing that they should be doing, right? And I like the fact that he talks about organizing and planning because that gets into things I would be looking for in my mate. Yeah, I think it also kind of, he hits on the fact that men are not hardwired to do that anymore 
or to want um, a marriage anymore. And I think that the more and more I'm kind of out there and talking to people, the more and more I'm finding that that, in fact, is the case. Mm -hmm. Most people are not sold anymore. Younger, as far as I'm concerned, are not sold anymore on the importance of marriage or wanting to be in a marriage. People will settle for a long-term partner and have a partnership and be okay with that. Even if that means living with them and they've been together for 25 years and have never been married, people are okay with that. And I don't know that I'm okay with that. I don't, I'm not okay with that. And I, but I wonder if that change in standard is because um, many of us women have just settled Mm. or just decided like, you know what, I'm not going to let this be a deal breaker. And if this is the best I can get, then I'm going to go with it. But the other thing too, which is interesting, it's not just men. Like there are a lot of women that I'm finding that are saying that if I don't get married, I'm cool, which is, which is interesting because I think a lot of women now are so resolved to be independent, especially if they've gone a long period of time and haven't found that person to marry. They're kind of like, okay, well, I'm good. I'm good over here being a single woman and enjoying my life. I know a ton of women that are older you know, in their 50s, maybe even a little bit older that have never married and never had kids. And they have lived, in their mind, the most fulfilled lives. And I think that's just different for me. Like, that's marriage is something that I definitely still want, even though I'm in my phase of being that independent woman and doing me and that kind of thing. I still desire to have a marriage and be married and have a family of my own and things of that nature. But it's just so interesting to me that it used to be everyone's dream, especially women, right. to be married, right? right? And that's the that's the thing. I want to be married. I want to be married. And now it's just kind of like, if I do, great. If I don't, great. And that's just it's so it's so different to me. Yeah, I mean, that's just not like my reality. And I don't know if it's because, like we kind of talked about last week, where it just doesn't fit my long-term vision of who I'm going to be, even as an independent woman. And so to my desire is to have children. My desire is to have children within the marriage. And so it's difficult to have one without the other for mm-hmm. me, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and I respect other people's places and where they are and I get it. One of my favorite um, actresses, I don't know if she's Christian or not, but it's Tracy Ellis Ross. And she had a really good quote about um, singleness when she was talking to Oprah or something. I can't give it to y'all because I didn't look it up. But uh, <laughs> but if you want to, Google is good. And I know, like, and I thought it was interesting just that she is another woman who's like already in her late 40s, I believe, maybe early 50s. I know, I think it's late 40s. And she's like, I'm happy being single. And whenever she gets that question, and she's super successful, beautiful woman, has her own. But going to Shalane's point that, you know, they're just like, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I think for me, that's just very much a to each his own kind of thing. And I just know what's right for me. And I don't feel like I should settle for not being able to attain something because my timing hasn't worked out. Right, right. Because I think for a lot of women, especially, it's a timing thing. Yeah. 
So I keep hope alive around that area because my godmom was like 55 when she got married. And yeah. she, for the first time, this is her first marriage and just held out like Pentecostal woman, all of the things like, I'm like epitome of where I'm like, okay, I don't wanna hold out till 55, but apparently God is faithful and he, not apparently, God is faithful and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so um, I hold on to that, mm -hmm. like not to get preachy, but you know, I think that's yeah. something that keeps me hopeful. Yeah, I hear you, but let me be clear. Let me be 1,000% clear, bringing us back to um, our topic or what we were discussing. I am not desperate enough to be married to get down on my little light-skinned knees <laughs> and propose to no man. It ain't for me. It's not something I'm going to do. And that's just it. Same. And Same. that's just it. <laughs> So another one of the topics that we discussed was changing your last name. And, and that goes back to the tweet where the, where the gentleman was kind of like, if you are not going to fully take my last name when we get married, there's nothing for us to discuss and you cannot hyphenate your last name. So Deshaya got some feedback about that. What, what did you get about that? Well, I saw the thing after that and I sent it to you with the doctor who was like, yes, she was like, my, the people ask her, why does she not use her husband's name? And she just simply said, my husband didn't go to medical, medical school. I mean, <laughs> that's real. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's, that's real. Like, I was like, oh, yup, mm-hmm, that's true. And then um, the father of the little girl who I work with, he was like, well, I mean, I can understand. And he kind of waffled back and forth, but you could tell that it mattered to him that the woman would want to change her last mm -hmm. name, you know? And so I think it's interesting having a male perspective on that of, you know, it does, I think they feel, and again, I'm just putting on them, I would imagine they just feel honored to have. I mean, I guess I think it's part of their legacy, I would think. That yeah. they would want to further on their legacy. And, you know, obviously if they have ch children in the marriage, then their children would take their last name and they want everybody to have their last name. Um, I, you know, for reasons that I said before, I teetered a line very much, but I feel like if my spouse felt that strongly about it, then I kind of would just do it. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like if it was like, not deal breaker type strongly, but if they had a valid reason, because at the end of the day, I still not going to lose my identity. Right, right. And so I feel like I would probably lean on whatever side while I'm secretly hoping that they understood my reasons check out those reasons in episode five. Um, but I I do feel like in the spirit of compromise, which is necessary in all relationships, we're going to get into that in the 2.5 seconds. Um, I feel like I would be more inclined to follow his lead and respect him as the leader now because he's my husband. Come on. Well, so... Um, speaking of that, <laughs> the other one that we've gotten a ton of feedback about is who do you hug first? Your husband, your brother, your son, or your father? Now, I've had people tell me 
Deshaya and I both said that we would hug our children first, right? right we would hug right. our son. I said, because if my son is younger, he's probably going to run to me first. I'm not going to not hug him if he runs to me. So many people have said that they would hug their spouse first. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting. And I don't know why I found that so interesting because I feel like it would be obvious. But your spouse over your son is very interesting to me. Your spouse over your father, I get that. Your spouse over your brother, like I said before, he would be dead last as far as my brother is concerned. Um, he'd be dead last in, in the realm of people who I would hug in, out of those four people that showed up. Right. Just because you my bro- Okay, whatever. I'm over here doing this. Um, but your spouse over your son, I felt like was very interesting. I mean, and the more I think about it, I guess it makes sense to me in terms of your children leave the nest. Whereas your spouse is there with you till you're old, right? And so you've got to continue to maintain and grow that relationship. So your husband, your spouse needs to know that this is, y'all is one. Like we are connected. You stay on my mind. I think about you most. Like I can see how that connection needs to be there because like I said, those children will leave the nest. And for a period of time, I've like I've been listening to tons of different podcasts. They talk about how the children, especially sons, will leave and will disconnect for a little while, especially from their mamas, to try and grow themselves so that they can connect to another um, woman and other partner later on. So I get it. I mean, I get it a little bit. I still, I don't know. I still feel like if all four were rushing at me, I'm going to be more inclined to hug my son. I just feel like it. Now, I'm probably going to, or hug them both at the same time, right? Do that. Let's do this group hug thing, yeah, right? Yeah. But I can't see me not hugging my son. Let's say if he's a little guy running to me in favor or not paying attention to him as I'm trying to hug my husband. I just don't. I don't, I don't know. That makes me a little uneasy for some reason. Um, but I get those that say, you know, they want to hug their spouse first. I get that. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I've not been married. But I mean, I don't know. I'd hug my nephew first. Like, well, that's, that's the thing. Well, so that's the, that's the other thing. So I also have never been married and I'm not, I don't know who I would genuinely choose. But if you're, if you're saying that these three, these four people are in my life, I still feel like my inclination would be to hug my son, especially if I'm still, if he's not an adult, right? right? And I'm still mothering and you will never stop mothering. But I mean, like if I'm still like mothering him, yeah, yeah. um, I feel like I would be more inclined. Like, there's my baby. Like, come on, I ain't see my baby in so long. Like, come here. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's just me. Yes, yes. That's just me. I get it. I get it. And then the last one that we want to touch on before we move on to our next topic um, in this particular episode is the one about your friend comes over, you cooking food for your husband. Your friend opens the pot. And decides they want to put a little extra seasoning and whatever it is that you're cooking. And then Ackley says that your husband likes it like this, which is why they decided to add the seasoning. And it was like, what do you do? Right. And so the feedback that we got was, 
um, chop their hand off. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. I love that comment. Like, I mean, seriously. Like, that's... <laughs> I get that being the first instinct to chop her hand off. Like, I don't got no other feedback around that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that... There's a couple of reasons why one would say chop the hand off. One, let me tell you something. If you a real cook, like you a cook cook, you territorial about your kitchen. Right. First of all, why you came in there while, uh, while I'm cooking? Yep. Second of all, now you got the nerve to touch my pot. Now yep. we got a problem. Because if you a cook cook, you probably not even hearing what she said. You just on the fact that she ain't got her hand on your pot. The other part is if you are paying attention to what she's saying, how you know? Right. <laughs> How you know what my, my, my husband enjoys and likes and why is his seasoning a topic of your um, knowledge? Like, <laughs> why do you even know that? And so now I have more questions. Right. Right? Not to make it super deep, but sometimes you got to pay attention to them little small subtle things yes. to know that something is going on. Yes. And I feel like you know me i i would go right to whoa hold up whoa why why would you know what he likes as far as seasoning on this particular meal nonetheless yes yes nonetheless so yeah so thank you all so much for all of your feedback we really enjoy it continue to put comments um on our instagram and in our podcast notes yes please do it was uh, definitely a fun episode and um yeah chopping people's hands off that's that's interesting um so we're gonna do a little bit of a deeper dive we talked a lot about relationships and it, it definitely brought up a few things for Deshaya and I as far as expectations um that we have in relationships and what of our what are our big things that we look for in relationships and it really just had us really thinking um, and so I kick it off like this. One of the biggest things that I look for in a relationship is consistency. Mm. Even in your, even if we're in the dating phase, consistency. And, you know, we talked about this on the last podcast where somebody was super consistent. Then all of a sudden you were talking about commitment and then they just went ghost. Mm-hmm. That to me, like, I don't even know why there would be a good reason for someone to really ghost another person. Other than that, you are scared of commitment. And if that's the case, then I don't need to be with you anyway. Right. And I feel as though if you're that scared of commitment, then you don't need to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're maybe in a relationship just to say that you have somebody or just to say that you you can be somewhere with someone or you just like to date. And it was just easier to go along with what I wanted as opposed to you just coming out and saying this ain't really what I want right now. Right. Right. And so lack of consistency is a huge flag for me because sometimes things start off super strong and it get good and then people get complacent and then all those little things that you were doing before die down and then now here is the other person looking for those same things to keep going because that's what they got used to and you're nowhere to be found. Right. I agree with that. I think that what goes along with that for me is safety. I want to feel safe with you. And that's not like a physical, like you're hitting me or I know that you're hitting someone, but just safe with my emotions, safe with my thoughts, safe to be myself, to take the mask off 
um, um, because of COVID, but, um, <laughs> but just, but no, like the mask that I feel like I have to wear so often with so many people of this always being a jovial person, right? Mm-hmm. So that ability to be safe with my partner is huge for me. Like, you know, I think that's, that's true because I think, and, and with safety goes support, right? Right. Because I feel like I want to be able, you know, we as black women carry a lot for a lot of people. And there's this expectation that we carry it with a smile on our face and not show our weakness. I want to be able to come home and take that cape off mm. and know that you got me. Yes. You had me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if something needs to be done, you got it. You're not necessarily looking for me to do everything. Yes. So support is so key. And sometimes it's just the little things. If I'm struggling or having a a, a hard day, a simple text, that would be like, I know you're having a rough day, but you got this. Like, it's those little things that really count. It's those little drops in the bucket that keep us full. Yes. And I think support goes, what goes along with that for me is when they say, hey, have you eaten? And I'm like, no, I'm starving. And they don't say, oh, what do you want? But they're like, oh, I'm bringing something home. Thank you. I don't got to decide. things that I feel like get lost and that people don't necessarily pay attention to anymore because people look for the big grandiose things. Yes. I'm like, I'm a simple person. If you know it's it's you know low it's, it's the woman's time of the month, right? That's going on and you know I could use a chocolate bar right now and you come home with that chocolate bar, sir. Sir. Like because you paid attention Come on. Right? Because you paid attention and you understand me enough to know that in that moment, I need a chocolate bar. And it's just that simple. Yes. And there's a, com- I don't know if it's a commercial or there's a thing that I saw about that. Um, not necessarily with the chocolate bar, but it goes along with that because a woman comes home and husband is sitting on the couch and she look in the kitchen and the dishes is done and she get fired up. She's like, oh, now I didn't even ask you to do that. And then she looked. The floor is vacuum. She look upstairs. The kids is washed, bathed in the bed. She like, oh yes, sooky sooky now. Y'all know what that means. Like <laughs> they was married. But <laughs> but that you know, those little things, right? Yeah. It's like, I didn't have to ask you to do that. Like, and that goes with dating, I feel like too. Mm-hmm. Like when they I remember I used to date this guy and he would come by randomly he said oh can I use the bathroom he'd use the bathroom and then the next three days or something I would get come home and there would be a bag on the porch with body wash tampax or something um deodorant and just different things in the bag and he's like I saw you were low on these items girl let me tell y'all something where they live at <laughs> because that is rare okay let me not say that's rare in my experience, yes. because I don't want to generalize for anybody. Right, right. In my experience, that is extremely rare to find someone that just takes initiative, which is one of the things that I look for too, because I'm a Libra. Not that I rely heavily on zodiac signs and things of that nature, but Libras are quite indecisive people. <laughs> 
And sometimes we need a little help with making decisions about things. And if there's something that I don't have to think about and you just doing that goes to the point that Deshaya just made, that's fantastic for me. Yes. That yes. just takes a load off of my mental. Like, you know, it's just something less that I have to worry about. And so maybe that week I was struggling to get to the store. And so for you to show up with body wash and all this other stuff, what? Come on. Good sir. Good sir. Where do I sign up? Yeah, he had other issues, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's not, I, I get that. But but that was on point. <laughs> I get that. Where do I sign up without the issues? Right, 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 right. I think the other part for me is trust, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to trust you. Um, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes around like, if you have a friend who is female, if you have coworkers who are female, I want to trust and know that I could trust you going on a work trip or doing something. Like, I don't wanna be at home worrying about it. And I'm not gonna, like, I'm just not. Like, I'm not gonna be in a relationship with someone I can't trust. I don't think you can have a relationship without trust. Uh, Yes. Because are you really fully in a relationship? Because if I can't trust you, then who am I in a relationship with? Because if I don't trust you, I feel like I don't know you. Right. And if you present to me one way when we're together, but I'm hearing you present other ways when we're not together, who are you really? Who am I coming home to? And for me, once trust is broken, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. I'm tuned out. I'm tapped out. I don't... That is such a deal breaker for me. Like, we spoke about this before um, in the very first episode with trust goes lying. Mm-hmm. And if you are a liar and you start lying about the smallest things and that trust begins to break down piece by piece, I don't want nothing to do with you. Right. Right. I don't. Because I feel like there should be a level of communication in a relationship to where you can be adult enough to say if something is bothering you, if something's going wrong. And you put all your cards on the table and in a good relationship, you'd be able to figure it out together. Yes, I agree completely. Lying takes me over the edge. Yeah. Which we've talked about before. And that, (laughs) for sure, like that is a big, that's a huge pet peeve for me because there's so many things that people lie about that really, and and they lie because they assume that your reaction is going to be negative. Right. You not even giving me an opportunity to react to it. Yeah. You're assuming it's going to be so bad that you rather lie to me about it and think that my response to the lie is not going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Wrong assumption. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong assumption for sure. And so hitting back on communication, that is monumental for me. I am a communicator. Mm. Like, communicate with me. Because the moment that the communication ceases is where I start to wander. Right. And I start to think things. And I maybe even start to draw my attention other other places to where I'm getting the communication. Right. That is true. I find that to be true in my relationships as well. Like, if a person that I'm talking to stops communicating with me, for whatever reason, they're like maybe they're going through something and they don't communicate that with Mm -hmm. me, then I make assumptions, Mm -hmm. bad on me, but I do. 
And I'm someone else. I'm like, oh, well, so-and-so will give me attention. Let me go talk to them. Right. Um, and not that I'm doing anything or anything, but it's just that attention, that communication that keeps me locked in. Especially when you're in a space where you're dating, right? So you yes. may be talking to, you know, more than one person because you're not yet serious with anyone. Right. You're still kind of just out here kind of feeling out what, what's out there and, and who you may be really interested in. Um, I think it's easy to, with lack of, with a lack of communication, to pursue another route. Even if there's potential here, like, communication is so important to me. Like, if there is none, that's a hard barrier for me to get over. Yeah. Like, that is really difficult, and I feel like that shapes the beginning of your relationship very heavily. Especially nowadays, right? We're talking yeah. about being in the midst of a pandemic. You know, there's a lot of things going on in a lot of people's lives. There's people dealing with mental health issues. And a lot of times I find that people want to assume you just know. Right. And sometimes that's not the case. But then they'll get mad if you say something about that because you're thinking you just know. Yeah. And it's not that. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, like um, well, if you would have just took the time to kind of explain to me what was going on, maybe I could have responded correctly to you or helped you reach where you were going or whatever the case may be. But sometimes communication gets lost, especially via text message. Mm-hmm. I am not a texter when it comes to dating Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like you can adequately forge a relationship if you're not talking to somebody yeah we talked yeah we I think we talked about that I think that that is true yeah like I had I was talking to somebody who just prefers to text and I'm just like I don't know you I don't know you right I don't know yeah I don't know you Especially now, right, in the age of video chatting, in the age of, you know, just having phones, period, and, you know, in the age of things that can actually bring you face-to-face with a person, even if you're not in the same place, texting is just inadequate for me, and I feel like you're hiding behind something when you're texting. But I noticed that in dating nowadays, especially with COVID and with this, you know, every no one has time to do anything, and, you know, everybody resorts, or a lot of people resort to Facebook and, you know, Tinder and all these other 5 million dating apps out there. That's how you meet people. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. But I feel like you can't hide behind just texting because I just met you on an app. Right, right. No, I think that it's sort of the lazy way out. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to just be like, hey, how's your day going real quick? But you know that it's going to be followed up with a call later. Right. Or something like that. Like, it can't be the only communication for the day is that one little text conversation. Right, because how do I get to know you? Like, yeah. I mean, the point of dating somebody is really getting to, to know them and seeing if this is somebody you want to continue on with or move forward, you right. know, in a different direction. Because who wants to waste their time? If all you texted me is, hey, good morning. Okay, well, hi, good morning. Okay, Next, right? Like, <laughs> like I need something else, right? Like, like what, what we working with? Like, like, tell me a little about yourself. Something, <laughs> say something else other than "Hey, good morning." Like, I'm not the type of of woman that you know is like that lights up at that "Hey, good morning" text. Right? Like, all right, well, what else you talking about today? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I think some of the other really big things that we want to pull out 
for, and I know for myself, and I know this is Shalane as well, is saved. Mm. Like, I need him to be saved. Now you're like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and it's, it, it's true. I think you need to expand upon that because, you know, saved, that's something that, that means some different things for people. It does. So what does that mean to you? So to me, that means that they have an active, real relationship with God. Like they know that they've given their life to God. They believe in Jesus Christ as his son. Like all of the things. Like I know I got (laughs) That's what it means to me though, right? Like that Christ is our savior and that they feel like while they're not perfect, because I'm not either, but that they're striving towards living the way that the Bible tells us to. Okay. I, I, I get, I, okay. Here's the thing. stuttering a bit. I struggle with this notion of, not the notion of being saved, but the notion of it being a requirement to embark on a relationship with someone. Now, if you're talking about marrying someone, to me, that's a little bit different. Yeah. But to embark on a relationship with someone, I feel like while it's great for someone to be saved and to be active in the church and be on fire for God, what if I'm the person, what if they're not, and I'm the person that's supposed to push them to that level? That's... Do I disclude them or do I not entertain them or do I not talk to them? Is that a deal breaker? And for me, it's not. Because I could be on assignment to really get to know them and to show them that it's better when you have a stronger relationship with God. Yes, I I can see that. I think I definitely felt like that when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I think as, not that I feel like I'm old, but I feel like I'm older now and I feel like I need him in his 40s to know God. Like, and maybe not even be, I, I get what you're saying. Like, maybe he knows God. And I can also be, I'm sensitive to if he's had church hurt. Mm-hmm. Because I understand that. So if he's like, listen, I grew up in the church. I was working in the church. I was doing all these things. And then something happened. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe in, you know, organized religion anymore. I can work from that mm-hmm. because he has a foundation. I think it would be harder for me to work with someone who's unchurched. Well, I'm not saying that they are not like that. They don't know God. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, so far I have not encountered in dating. I have not encountered people that don't know God. Yeah. I have encountered people that don't go to church. Right. Or do not actively engage in a church setting or in a church group, in church anything. But they know God. Like they pray to God. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like that's a whole nother conversation as far as people's beliefs on whether or not they have to be in the physical building. Right of church to be churched right so but i still feel like i don't feel like i would pass somebody over because they're not active in the church but they can express to me that they know god 
I don't feel like I would just pass them over because they're not super saved, Holy Ghost filled, speaking in tongues, shouting on a Sunday morning, every Sunday morning. Right. I just don't feel like, especially in this day and age, I don't feel like I would pass somebody over. I think that's fair. I mean, I can see that too, you know. Some of that other stuff can, you know, water baptism, all that stuff. We can get you there. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like, so get you there. there's this notion that, you know, if you all are find the common ground of belief, right? And you may be at a different place in your faith than that person is. Who's to say they won't see you as the example and try to get there? Yes. But if I don't give them a chance, how do I know that? I think that if you are a person of faith, your discernment can be high and you'll know whether or not they have any intention on moving in that direction fairly quickly. Right. By by small things. Like if you invite them to church and they're like, mm, yeah, no, about that. But you know they have no other excuse other than the fact that, mm, about that. Yeah. It's not like they're working or whatever. They just don't want to step foot in the church. Then that's something different. Yeah. I'd agree with that because that's like we have a fundamental difference here. Right. Right. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. One of the other things that comes up in relationships a lot, and I think more and more nowadays, people grapple with this a lot earlier, and they make it an expectation, um, is being fiscally sound. Mm, huge. 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 <laughs> like, I mean... Huge. Now, let me ask you this, because a lot of times you hear these stories, right? You hear this notion of, well, she was with me shooting in the gym. Meaning before I got to where I am, she was riding hard. She was the one taking care of what I needed while I was over here trying to grind to get to where I am now. Is that a lost art? Again. <laughs> I think, I think, um, no, I don't think that that's a lost art. Like I can see, so if my partner is going to college or getting his doctorate or something. I'll grind while he goes and does that. No problem. As long as we know, and we've had a discussion about what's our end goal here? Mm -hmm. Like what are, what's next after you finish doing this? Mm -hmm. How are you gonna make money? <laughs> because I'll keep grinding and I will support you, right? Because support goes both ways. Um, but we can't be struggling forever. Uh, right. I agree with that. No, 100%. I agree with that. But how important when you first meeting somebody, you first dating them, it's still fairly new. Maybe it's three months in. When do you have that conversation about finances, number one? Or is it a requirement on the outset to where one of the first questions is you, that you're asking is like, well, what's your credit score? I mean, I feel like third date people have been asking me that now. Really? Mm -hmm. That has not been my experience, but that's very interesting. I don't know if it's because they're older or what, mm -hmm. but that's the first thing. Like one of the first conversations we're having is what's your, what's your, when we get in person and start seeing each other is what's your credit score? Really? I didn't, well, I didn't think people talked that freely about that. I think now because we're getting to a place of understanding that our credit score dictates so much. Like, 
what place we're gonna rent, whether we're gonna be able to buy a house, whether we're gonna get a good car, what is our payments gonna look like if your credit score is not where it is, how much work are we gonna have to do to get both of our credit scores or one of our credit scores to where we want it to be. And that's a decision the person gets to make, again, back to not telling lies up front, right? So now I get to make an informed decision about, do I wanna invest in this with you? Is that a deal breaker for you? Um, a low credit score would probably be a deal breaker for me. Okay. I mean, okay, because like I've worked really hard to get my credit score up. Okay. So I feel like the only thing I have on my report now is school debt. And that's it. Like, I've cleared all other things. So for me, I'm like, if you're not already there, I need to know that you're working towards it. Okay. Right. So I can get with that. I can get with with the understanding that one is working towards it. Yes. I have not... Well, I've dealt with one person that had questionable credit and questionable money habits. Um, But thus far, I've hadn't really dealt with people that have had bad credit that I knew of because I feel like I we didn't really have the conversation right but I can see how you move right and if you struggling every five seconds to pay a bill right or if you saying no I can't do that because I ain't get paid this week or I'm waiting for my check to come in and then I can do whatever whatever To me, that goes hand-in-hand with money management, right? You're mismanaging money, which to me is an indication that your credit score may not be where it needs to be. Right. A loose indication. Right. Because people could have great credit and still mismanage money. Or they could have no credit, right? Or they can have no credit and just deal in cash. Which is worse. Which, (laughs) in in our day and age, is worse. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, But I don't find that to be a deal breaker, but I also don't find that... I'm talking about something like that as early as the third date. I know. It feels early, but I also understand it. You know, I think. And you've gotten men asking you that? Yeah. That is the surprising part. Right. Even more surprising (laughs) than the timing. The fact that it's a gentleman asking you that beforehand because I think that's typically something a woman right, is concerned about, right? If they're considering moving forward. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess he was in his, like, uh, he was 43, 44. So maybe he's maybe been Maybe that's an older thing. And he's like, <laughs> he wants to know. He could have had, I think sometimes those questions also are dictated because you've had experiences Mm -hmm. that have been negative with other relationships that make you say, you know what, right off the bat, I want to know. That's true. What are you working with? You know, I think lived experience definitely dictates what your expectations are in a relationship. And I feel like as you get older and time goes on, your expectations are liable to change. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that any of your expectations, any of the things that we talked about are unreasonable? I don't think anything that we talked about is unreasonable. I think when I think back to what I wrote on my list of things when I was 27, Mm -hmm. it's different now. 
I agree because I think everybody at some point has sat down and wondered what their ideal mate would be. And I feel like now, the older I get without said ideal mate, (laughs) your expectations change, right? Because what I wrote in my 20s is not necessarily what I'm, you know, looking for now. Like, in my 20s, I might not have written about teeth. Right. But, like, now, like, I, you, your teeth got to be right. I know that's so small and this sounds so stupid, but that is, like, a total turn off to me if your teeth ain't right. I, I really agree with that because I think it says more about your health. Right. Your health and your hygiene. Right. Right. Your health and your hygiene. Yeah. And so those are little things that I really didn't, you know, pay attention to, I don't think, as much as I, if I was younger because... We're young, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, whatever, you know. Um, no, teeth was always a thing for me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> teeth wasn't a thing for me. I got I got And I think, it's, I think it's involved because it's evolved for me because I have dealt with people who have had issues with their teeth. Yep. And like, and now I'm just like, ugh, when the last time you've been to the dentist? Right. <laughs> like, you ask me, I'm like, every six months religiously, what's up? Right. <laughs> Even if I got to pay out of pocket, we go into the dentist. We got cleaning. So you know, I think expectations evolve, and I there's not really an expectation that I feel like I have that is not something that someone could meet or that's unreasonable. Um, yeah, because I feel like I look for very general things. Mm-hmm. I don't really get too deep in the weeds initially. Um, because I let things kind of evolve and yeah. kind of grow and see what path they grow. Now, I will say that sometimes I'm reactive instead of proactive, right? Sometimes I do that and I don't say like, oh, yeah, I would have expected that to be different from the outset. Yeah. And I'm just reacting to, oh, yeah, no, you can't do that. Right, right. So I have to, in full transparency, work better on communicating those type of things. Um but I don't think anything that I have or expect or want to see um, is unreasonable. Yeah. I think one of the traps that I've fallen into when I was younger, too, is having my list and kind of walking into the situation and being like, hey, I'm going to read off of this. You oh, got yeah, these that's things? wow. <laughs> that's wow. Wowzers. Yeah. So maybe that's why I was single for a really long time. I love singleness. I do. I'm telling myself. Well, there you go. Listen, uh, great segue because I think what you find in both of us, and I wrote a book about this. Yes. Called Purposefully Single, Discovering You Before Desiring Us. Get that on Amazon. That was a little commercial, y'all. Yes. Um, What both of us agree with is the fact that even though we desire a relationship, we're okay being single absolutely at the moment because for me and I'll speak to my for myself there was work that I really needed to do for myself and within myself in order for me to ever be successful in a relationship again mm-hmm. because I was noticing um that a lot of my relationships were failing because there was something fundamentally wrong with me and how I was pursuing people and how I was acting in a relationship and that all stemmed from the fact that I did not love myself Mm. and I cannot give what I don't have for myself 
I cannot give love if I don't possess the love with inside of me for me. Mm-hmm. You know, empty buckets can't pour. Right. So I was skating by and acting like it and putting up a front that it existed, but it was leading to the end of a lot of situations and relationships that I had encountered because I could not give the person what I didn't have. And so that's why I became okay with being single because it was necessary for me to get to a place that I was comfortable with myself to then begin to open myself back up to other people. There was so many unresolved things that I had going on for me, unresolved grief, self-esteem issues, and all these things that nobody wanted to come or no one was successful in weeding through the mess that I had created within myself. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to be in a relationship, I had to take some time and be really reflective and introspective and really fix what was going on. Yeah. I think that that is so true. And I feel like that's the same um, thing that has happened with me in terms of just really being introspective and doing a lot of personal development to figure out what I really want and what is true versus what I've been told to want in not so many words Mm. growing up. So I feel like a lot of weeding through that has Mm -hmm. happened, right? And so just dealing with that has been interesting. And I still feel like... um, I, I work through some of that of am I, do I want to be married because I want these other things? So if it's just that I want a kid, can I just go do IVF or can I just adopt? Can I just do this? Um, or do I really want the marriage piece? So I think. Yeah, I think it's so important to really do some self-discovery because I feel like if you don't know who you are, you're going to fail at relationships. Absolutely. Because, again, you know, in my book, I talk about the fact that people would ask me to describe myself. And I would describe to them not who I really was, but who I wanted to be. Mm. And I was lying. Because I wasn't at that place yet. But I wanted you to like me so bad that I wanted you to believe I could get there or that I was there, even though inside of me, I knew that I was none of those things I just described to you. Yeah. And so... I had to do the work. It was very simple. I had to do the work and I had to say enough is enough because I was tired of it being sort of a revolving door and never understanding why, right? It would be those ghost situations. Yeah. It would be those, everything seemed like it was going great and then boom, right to the ground. Yeah. And I didn't understand why. And I had to really look at the fact that it wasn't all of their fault. Now, I'm not saying some of them may have some things going on and They took a little blame in it, but I also had to be mature and really realize that I I held some of that blame because I was not whole myself. Yes. Like, I, I don't believe in the notion of, oh, that's my better half. No, that's my whole because I'm coming into a situation whole, expecting another person to come into a situation whole. Yes. I'm not coming in a situation half for you to fix me or fill me up to I can get to a whole person. Come on. She just preached the whole word, y'all. Y'all better write that down. Because <laughs> so, it ain't 50-50. Like she said, it's whole and whole. Yeah. And so I really had to do that. I really had to to take the time to do that because 
even what I felt was broken inside of me, I was finding that same brokenness in other people. And instead of working on me to fix it, I was trying to fix theirs. Yes. Or oh. the while still needing to fix my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was deflecting from me and going full steam ahead and fixing them and still finding myself unfulfilled because I still had work to do. Right. Right. So that's why at this point I can honestly say I'm okay with my singleness because I'm okay with me now. I'm okay enough with me and confident enough within myself to be able to be single and sit with myself. Yes. And like myself and love myself and enjoy myself and be okay with myself. It took me a long time to get there. All right now, y'all. A long time. So all you single people out there, do the work. Really do some digging inside of yourself and make sure that you are okay as a single person before you looking for these relationships. Because a lot of times you end up in a situation and you don't realize that the reason why it's not working is you. Because right. you're so busy trying to poke out, point out the other stuff. In the other person when really all you're doing is pointing out stuff in them that is the same things you're struggling with within your side, inside yourself. Right. And I think um, that also goes to, and I think I won't say generalize for all women, but I know for myself, I get into that rescuing place. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I think I'm much better with that now, but that ability to just want to see what's happening in them and think I can jump in and rescue them Mm -hmm. or be God for them Mm -hmm. or all of these things that I can't do because I can't do the work for them. Right. I agree. So that's what we got for y'all today. Thank you. Yeah, it was, we, I know we were, we went a lot and we did a lot. Um, but thank you all for tuning in and listening to us. We hope that you got something out of this episode. All you single people out there, stay strong. All y'all relationship people out there, you know, I hope your relationship is strong. I hope you all are fulfilled. And I hope that none of the situations and scenarios that we discussed in the past two episodes (laughs) are happening. I hope nobody ain't digging in your pot talking about what your spouse likes and not and things of that nature. So we love y'all. Check us out on the next episode. We will be sure to let you know in the future what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) From us with love. love. Make sure you like, share, follow, comment. Follow us on Instagram at withlovepod underscore. And until next time, we love y'all and we are out of here.